Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is our game preview as the Browns take on the Chargers in Los Angeles on Sunday. So Doug Lay, Maurice, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko and I preview the game. We come up with some prop bets. We make our game picks at the very end, so stick around for that. Uh, make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber. Get subscribed before Sunday because we bring you good stuff during the games. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page uh, to get all the information and get signed up. Okay, here we go. Our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And here we go on our Friday Orange Brown Talk podcast. We are making predictions for Sunday's Browns-Chargers game in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, which uh, we all found out, including some Browns coaches and players, that it is not a fully indoor stadium on Monday night when they had a weather delay. So uh, there we go. Lesson learned. Uh, okay, let's get to it. Uh, we'll make some kind of prop bets uh, predictions, and then we'll get into some game predictions here at the end. Scott, why don't you lead us off? All right, we're going to start off with Baker. I think it's a good place to start this week. He's kind of dominated the news. This is a true or false. Uh, and I'll give, I'll give you the, the true or false question, and then I'll, I'll give you some, some background. True or false, Baker will have a bounce-back game against the Vikings or against the, uh, the Chargers. His completion percentage was 45% against the Vikings. We all know it was a rough game. Um, when Baker has had a completion percentage below 50% in his career, He's generally done better the next week, but it doesn't always equal a win. As a rookie, 47% against the Chargers. Next week, 68% and a passer rating over 100, but they lost to the Bucks. 2019, 36% against the 49ers. We, we all remember that game. Next week, 59% and three picks and a loss to the Seahawks, so he didn't really bounce back. 2019, again, 46% in a win against the Bengals. He threw two picks in that game. They pulled it out. Next week, 70% completion percentage and a loss to the Cardinals. He also had a dud against the Bengals in the last game that year. And then last year, 46% and a loss to the Raiders. Next week, 60% in a win against the Texans. Those were the two crazy weather games. Didn't throw a pick in either game. I don't even know if we want to count those. But um, So he's kind of generally gotten better the next week. Doesn't always lead to a win. True or false, Baker will have a bounce-back game this week. Can we define what a bounce back game looks like? Is it just, is it like 65% and 250, something like that? Let's say it's, let's say it's at least 65% completion percentage, at least a touchdown pass, no picks. Basically a game where you don't say Baker was the reason they, they lost if they do lose. 
I mean, Scott, you presented a very good case on got to watch the tape on the Thursday pod, sort of going through all the Baker stuff. So if he plays more like he did in the first couple games of the year, I don't know that he'll have his best game, right? I don't know that he'll go up as far as he went down, but the idea of him getting back to normal again, sort of to your question, Dan, if getting back to sort of like normal Baker counts as a back game, then I'll take that. I'll take that everything going on. It was more of a weird day than anything else. It doesn't mean there aren't maybe some underlying issues there, but I'll take it. I'll take it Baker back to normal. At least that you're not walking away from this chargers game feeling like it's a trend or feeling like it's a snowball of like, Oh my God, he was terrible again. What does this mean? I, I don't think that's where we'll be. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say true. I'm going to say Baker's going to have a bounce back game uh, when he does something like, you know, even putting out that Instagram post that he put out. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, he, his back is against the wall right now. And I think that, uh, that he's going to, come out firing. He's going to come out swinging. Uh, he, he's got a lot to prove. He, you know, he's got some, you know, he's got some guys counting on him, like a couple of his like really big time, big name guys like Austin Hooper and Odell Beckham Jr. You know, he wants to make sure that, that he's connecting well with them. Uh, yeah. I, I think that this is a game where I can see him throwing at least one touchdown pass. As far as no picks that I can't promise you. I cannot promise you he's not going to throw an interception in this game because I think they're going to get some pressure. I think they're going to get pressure with Joey Bosa and those guys. And, you know, they have a pretty good defense. They've gotten some takeaways. Um, and so, therefore, um, well, actually, they only have four interceptions. That's not a lot, but it's enough for four games in. Um, so I could see him throwing an interception, but I just think uh, the balance of it will be that he comes away from this feeling better about himself and everybody else feels better about Baker after this game. I'm going to say uh, th this is sort of picking nits, I guess here, but I'm going to say false, but I don't think it's going to be a bad game. Like I, it's not going to be like last, um, like last week. We're, we're going to come away kind of like you said, Mary Kay feeling better about Baker. I don't know if we're going to come away feeling great about Baker, I just think this is a really good pass defense that the Chargers have. I think they can force turnovers. Uh, you know, the Browns will be able to do some things against them. But, you know, this might be a week where a lot of the damage they do is on the ground. And, you know, look, I come on here all the time and say the Browns are a, a passing team. But I, maybe this is the week where it's really like they're going to come out and really work to, to that, that, that famous establish the run uh, phrase. I could see them attacking like that a little bit this week. So I think it'll be a, a good Baker game. If, if we want to qualify it as a, as a bounce back, that's fine. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a game where we come away thinking, you know, whoa, Baker was amazing. And that's okay. I, I just think it'll be a kind of average Baker game, honestly. And that, that, look, that's better than what happened against Minnesota. Dan, can you see my screen? Because that's almost literally what I what I wrote down <laughs> when I was trying to answer that myself. I think I do think that he's not going to have to have the impact that he might have had to have uh, in some of these other games in order for them to be successful. And I do I think you're on the right track there with with running. I think that's going to be a, a big focus this week. So I kind of fell in between like 
not necessarily true, not necessarily false. I think you might come away with this as kind of like uh, incomplete, maybe as far as whether or not he really had a bounce back game. Okay, Doug, what do you have? So I thought that when Jarvis Landry went out, one of the guys who would really fill the gap there would be David Njoku. And we have seen the Browns try it like a couple shots down the field with him this year. But I just was sort of thinking to myself like, man, I just, it feels like Njoku maybe hasn't been quite as targeted or quite the threat that, I don't know, that a lot of us were anticipating. But then like you look at the stats and it's a reminder that nobody in this passing offense has really gotten going in a huge way so far individually because they spread it around so much. He has seven catches. That's tied for fourth on the team. He has 10 targets. His 15.9 yard average per catch is second um, to Anthony Schwartz. And only two Browns players, Baker's only throwing two touchdown passes the whole year. So I'm sort of like, man, I just thought there might, but then it's like, oh, actually David and Joku kind of, you know, compared to everybody else's kind of has filled his role. I'm going to say David and Joku gets his first touchdown catch this week. I just think that still is a – he's still just a, a different kind of weapon than the other guys on the team. And as much as you want to work the ball down the field to Odell and you want to work it to Anthony Schwartz and maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones, I still just think sometimes like that matchup, that it's not the little stuff to David Njoku, it's 20 yards down the scene to David Njoku – I just think – I don't know that I know that the Chargers defense is susceptible to that or not, but I think they're going to have to score a little bit. And as much as I agree with you guys saying, like, I think, you know, it's going to be the Browns running game. I don't think Baker's going to throw for 400 yards. I think they're going to need a couple big-time throws in this game. And, yes, that means Odell, but I think it also means David Njoku. I think that in, in throws of 20-plus yards – Gains of 20-plus yards in the passing game this year. It's two for Odell and two for Njoku, and that's it on the whole team. So um, I'll just take the biggest David Njoku impact yet, and that means a touchdown catch that to me might be like, a, you know, the kind of play in the third quarter that gives the Browns the lead at a back-and-forth game. I just I – just, I don't know. It feels like an athletic game to me. And he is a guy that fits that. So I'm going to, I'm going to say a little bit of a breakout for him. I'll, I'll go with that. And I, he has run 10 routes in the red zone, which is second most on the team behind Donovan people's Jones. Uh, he's been targeted twice. Uh, two catches. Hooper's been targeted the most four times. <clears throat> um, I think he, it was, that was, it was Hooper. They were trying to hit in the back of the end zone against the Vikings. I believe. Um, yeah, I think I like Njoku on those routes a lot better than Hooper. Those, those yeah. back of the end zone, jump up and get it. Uh, or, or something like that, that play action pass, the very first game last year, the very first touchdown, I believe uh, play action. And he kind of leaked out and it was an easy catch. Nobody followed him and easy score. I, him, It's like Njoku and Kareem Hunt. Those are two dudes who should be on the field whenever they have like goal to go inside the 10, like those guys should always be on the field. I think they are really good at producing down there. Uh, yeah. I, I could see more for David. It, it's just been so weird that, I mean, I really thought obviously through the first quarter of the season, so many more guys 
would have been much more involved in the passing game and have some touchdowns and some big games and some deep passes. And, uh, you know, for one reason or another, including some, you know, some protection issues and Baker being off and having a slow start, it just hasn't happened for a lot of guys. I mean, it just hasn't happened for, as Doug mentioned, for hardly anybody yet. So this would be as good a game as any to get somebody untracked. Um, I've been saying for a long time, I, I do like David as a, as a deep threat, as a weapon, as a red zone threat. Uh, and I think he's being underutilized right now, um, more so than I think that about a number of other guys. Uh, so, yeah, I could see the, it, it being a game where, uh, you know, he catches a touchdown pass, but somebody has to. I mean, somebody's got to get involved. Baker's got to get off the schneid, and these guys have got to get that passing game cranked up. Now, it won't be easy. This pass defense is much better than their run defense. Um, their, their pass defense is number five in the NFL, only giving up 192.5 yards per game. But uh, I, I still think that, you know, with all the weapons that you have on this team, you should be able to get, get somebody rolling. And David is as good a choice as any. So the Chargers have given up uh, two touchdowns. This is from CBS Sports. Um, two touchdowns to tight ends this year. They gave up one to Logan Thomas back in week one. They gave up one to Darren Waller um, in week four on Monday night. Uh, the biggest tight end game came from Travis Kelsey, as you'd expect. So seven, he had seven for 104. He didn't find the end zone in that game. Um, but I, I don't know if you can include Travis Kelsey all the time when you're talking about how teams defend tight ends. So it looks like the Chargers have been okay against tight ends. I mean, they did kind of hold Darren Waller down a little bit. He had four for 50 in the score, which, look, if Njoku gives you four for 50 in the score, that's – that's fantastic. That's, I mean, that's what Waller might be the best tight end in football, not named Travis Kelsey. So um, I, I could see it. I feel like a real downer here. I'm going to say false, uh, maybe just so that we aren't all saying true. I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to say false. If I had to pick a tight end to score a touchdown in this game, I might go with Hooper um, over Njoku. So I'll, I'll go with false in this one. All right. So I guess that brings us to me. I've got I've to put one here. So Miles Garrett versus Joey Bosa, right? It's going to be obviously not going up against each other, but this is just more of a prediction from each of you. Who has more pressures in this game? Not sacks. Who has more pressures in this football game between Miles Garrett and Joey Bosa? Hmm. Now, a lot of people are talking about the left tackle situation for the Browns and bringing up Bosa. Bosa actually has had like 85% of his rushes against uh, from the, the other side of the line. He's going against right tackles more often. So if that's the case, then he's matched up against Jack Conklin. I like that a lot better for the Browns and obviously whatever they end up putting out there at left tackle against him. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. If they, if they stick to that, um, I think, the last two games obviously give you a lot of confidence, but uh, knowing how the Browns have kind of moved Garrett around and how he's off to such a hot start, I think I'm going to go with Miles and kind of hope that Jack Conklin makes my prediction come true. And, and just for context, Miles has 25 pressures this year. Joey Boza has 23. Where's that rank in the league? Are they, are they among uh, the leaders? My, yeah, good question. Miles is tied for second. 
uh, Bose is tied for four. Okay. So they're basically one one on top of the other. This is a good one, Dan. I really like this. Um, I, I do think that some of it will have to do with if they decide to move Joey Bosa around a little bit and what's going on with the Browns at left tackle. Because if they see a weakness there and an opportunity, uh, and if they're smart, they'll seize the moment. Uh, so, you know, yeah, if there's, if there's blood in the water there, I mean, the Browns do it, other teams do it. Why not take your best guy and put him on the weakness? So, I mean, that's what I would do. But um, so if that happens, then I think that uh, Joey would have a good chance. I think team, I think this team is going to be, try to be really ready for miles. They know what they're up against. I think they're going to do a good job of, of chipping and double team teaming him in this game. Um, obviously they have uh, a good young quarterback that they really want to protect and he can get out of trouble pretty fairly well um, in terms of sacks allowed. He's only been sacked seven times so far this season. Um, but having said all of that, I'm going to go with Miles. I, I think Miles is playing with his hair on fire. Uh, I, I think Miles is feeling, you know, the responsibility of trying to carry this football team right now. And um, as long as Jadavian and Tack are back, they, those guys didn't practice again today. But if his two guys are back, and they can take a little heat off Miles. Miles should have the opportunity to uh, to get some decent pressure. So I'm going to go Miles. One one other quick note here before you go, Doug. Both players have 17 pressures in the last two weeks. Miles eight against Chicago, nine against Minnesota, Bosa ten against the Chiefs, and seven against the Raiders. So the, these two guys are kind of mirroring each other a lot of the way here on some of these these PFF stats. Scott, I know Miles moves around is. Where are the numbers showing he comes from more often? Uh, it's under pass rush productivity on PFF. <clears throat> It'll break it down by left side versus right side. <clears throat> and that's from the defensive side standpoint. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to look it up. I'm telling you to look it up. I'm not. What, <laughs> well, I've, I'm I've got it here. So he's, uh, <laughs> he's lined up. He's lined up at right end more than any other according to PFF more than any other position. Um, right. Left end, he hasn't really lined up a whole lot. Um, you know, it's sort of a, okay. a mixed bag. But uh, So he'll be against the left tackle most of the time. I mean, that's what he's been most right. of the time, right? The reason I ask is because Rashawn Slater is the rookie left tackle for the Chargers, mm -hmm. and he is as good of a rookie left tackle, I think, as you have seen in the league in a couple years. Um, he's 14th, I think, in PFF grade right now, but he's – He's played, I think people have said, like a like a top 10, even top five left tackle in the league so far. I remember that guy because he opted out at Northwestern in 2020. But in 2019, he did a really good job against Chase Young in the Northwestern Ohio State game. And, and when in the draft, they kept showing Rashawn Slater, Chase Young highlights when Slater was getting drafted. And then the right tackle. So I'm familiar with Rashawn Slater. He's a very good player. The right tackle for the Chargers. This sounds like a fake name. His name is Storm Norton. <laughs> and his grades are horrible. So, and he seems like he's the guy. I don't know Storm. I don't know where he's from. I don't know if that's his name. My kids came home this week and said, hey, I met a kid at school. His name is Storm. 
And I was like, well, I, there's a guy at Ohio State named Storm. I mean, that, in the, I think in regular life, there's not that many people named Storm. In football, I think like 8% of players are named Storm. So Storm Norton, so Miles Garrett versus Storm Norton, I think Storm's in trouble. Rashawn Slater is a dude. Now, I'm not saying Miles is not a dude, but I'm going to take Joey Bosa just because we don't know what the deal is with left tackle. Again, if Joey Bosa has been spending all his time rushing against right tackles, go figure out who the left tackle is going to be for the Browns rush against them. And I just think in a game when I think Baker is going to be cognizant of wanting to make some plays, right? I think they missed some deep shots to Odell. He's going to want to hit some of those. We just talked about, Hey, maybe can you find some Njoku stuff a little bit deeper route? I think he's going to hold on to the ball a little bit, which is not a bad thing, but I just think that, um, that just might combine that. Not that I think Miles won't have a good game, but I think it's possible Joey Bosa is a real problem here. So I'll say Bosa. Slater has a team high six pressures, although four of them came against the Cowboys. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead, Scott. Did you make your pick already? Uh, I, I mean, I went with Garrett. I think, uh, yeah, I'm just going with Garrett. I mean, they're both going to get their, they're both going to get their pressures. I think. I like the Browns' chances if, if Jack Conklin's garden against pressure is more so than whatever the Chargers are going to put in front of Miles Garrett. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Garrett on this one. I think he's just, ever since that zero pressure game against the Texans, he's just on a mission. And, uh, you know, Doug, I, I think you wrote a post on it. We've all seen the, the gif of Miles just taking on three blockers. And, like, three grown men, football players, cannot handle Miles Garrett. Uh, so I, I just think he's on an absolute tear right now and uh, I'll ride the hot hand and I'm see, I'm, I'm making up for my two false predictions from earlier. I'm going to go with Garrett on this one. So you're not allowed to be mad at me anymore. Browns fans, miles Garrett. <laughs> that's my pick. Uh, and well, the other thing with, with Joey might have um, a little extra incentive thinking that he can try to get to Baker Mayfield and, knock into that left shoulder a little bit uh he you know he might have a little extra juice for that but um but i still think i'm going to go with uh with miles okay mary Kay, what do you have i have kareem hunt will drum roll please rush for 100 yards in this football game against the la chargers anybody that's that's hmm. interesting I'm, I'm gonna look up the last time he's rushed for 100 yards well i have it right here i think it was the texans oh, there we game. go it's funny that you should say that it was the texans game and it was uh the 10-7 victory over the texans 11 15 2020 and what was the interesting thing about that 100 yard game anybody know uh, he and Chubb were the first Browns running backs to both rush for over 100 yards since like 64, 66. And that's good. Very good, Scott. Um, and there is another interesting tidbit, I think, about that 100-yard game for Kareem. Anybody want to take a stab at it real quick? I got nothing. Got, got his nothing? most carries? That was his only 100-yard rushing oh, yeah. game for the Cleveland Browns. So I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going out on a humongous limb. It's shaken. It's going to break possibly, but I'm going to say 100 <laughs> yards for, for Kareem against this, as I mentioned before, 29th ranked rushing attack, 
rushing defense, 139.5 yards per game. Kareem's kind of on fire right now. And uh, I mean, I think it's a game where, you know, potentially both guys could come up big, but I don't know. I think they might end up going with the hot hand a little bit and reward Kareem for some really, really uh, hard running and some excellent play lately. So you think if it's, if he gets that, you think it is more likely in conjunction with a good Nick Chubb game or sort of, I don't know if I want to say at the expense of, but do you think it's possible that like Kareem ends up with more carries than Nick Chubb, that it's the reason he gets to hundred yards is almost because he's almost like the lead back in this game. I don't know if it'll be more carries, but I, for whatever reason, I, it could be more yards. I think he's due for one of those. And I think, uh, I, I think it is one of those situations where, uh, you know, he needs to be tossed a little bone for what he's accomplished for this team so far this season. I, I think he's been the best offensive weapon. I think we, I think we all agree with that. Um, and therefore I think he's earned, you know, how Kevin Stefanski yesterday even was talking about, was talking about JOK, you know, you earn a bigger role, you earn more playing time. I think Kareem Hunt has earned the right to get his second 100 yard rushing game for the Cleveland Browns. And I I would let him uh, have that kind of a feel good day because there's 17 games this year. There's enough to go around. There's enough to get Nick Chubb, his 1000 yards. If you're going to get Kareem to a thousand yards, he's going to have to have a 100 yard game every once in a while. Why not Sunday against the LA chargers and their crappy run defense. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and agree with this. I think he will. And it kind of ties into the other, uh, the other topic I had uh, on my list here that the Browns will top 200 yards rushing. Um, I guess it would be a true or false. Like Mary Kay said, the Chargers are really bad against the run. They 126 to Washington, 198 to Dallas, 186 to the Chiefs. They stopped the uh, Raiders on Monday night, but the Raiders can't run against anybody. They're really bad. Uh, the the Chargers also have a really hard time at stopping explosive running plays. Browns are great at that. We all know Nick Chubb is great at that. The Chargers rank like 24th in limiting explosive running plays. So, um, and the Browns have already gone over 200 yards once this season uh, against the Bears. They had 215. So uh, I, I thought that they this was a game that running the ball is going to be front and center for the Browns. And I think they should have success. And I think that's going to trickle down to Kareem Hunt. So I'll, I'll go with, yeah, he'll, he'll get over hundred yards. I, I'll say no. I Chubb has his first hundred yard game last week. It was a hundred. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like, I mean, he was really kind of grinding it out against the bears in a game where Kareem did pop. Um, they had basically the same number of yards and Kareem had half as many carries against the bears. And then last week, Chubb goes 21 for hundred and hunt goes 14 for 69. I still feel like we're waiting for like big Nick Chubb game that he's been steady 83, 95, 84 and hundred for his rushing totals yard uh, rushing totals this year. He's only had a, a rush of 20 plus yards in one of those four games. Like we're sort of used to those. Nick Chubb wears you down and then he pops something big in the fourth quarter. We haven't really, I think, experienced that yet. So I'm almost, I would maybe lean towards more like maybe Nick Chubb really shakes loose for the first time. Cause it's weird. Like 
Chubb has more rushing yards than Kareem Hunt this year. But I think if we think in our head like big-time rushing plays, I think there are more Kareem runs pop than Nick runs, right, when you sort of think about it. I mean, everybody after the Bears game was talking about Kareem like running like the Tasmanian devil and like the legs and the arms flying and like he ran so hard and it was just like, man, like he's putting it out there and Chubbs has kind of been like the little engine that could a little bit so far. So um, as much as maybe Kareem's earned it, I also think it's like in the best interest of the Browns. Listen, they got to win the game, whatever. I mean, they, they, you know, right. They have a lot of good players. They got to win the game, but I think it would behoove them at some point to have Nick Chubb break out. So um, I think the stats that you're citing Mary Kay about like, Hey, it's a bad run defense. And, you know, maybe they'll get 200 yards as a team. I think that all makes a lot of sense, but I'll, I'll lean a little more towards big Nick rather than big Kareem in this game. And Nick Chubb, I mean, by the way, actually had more rushing yards in cream hunt against the bears. Nobody, right. nobody like everybody just overlooked that. <laughs> well, but yeah, Kareem was 10 for 81 and, and Chubb was 22 for 84. So yeah. he worked twice as hard to get basically the same number of yards. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder, right? <laughs> I, I'm with Doug on this one. I, I think this is a big Nick Chubb game. And I actually, Scott, when you say the Browns over 200 rushing, I'm going to say true on that as well. But I think it's going to be a little more Nick Chubb than Kareem Hunt in, in that total. Um, so I'll say true on the over 200 yards rushing. And I'm going to say the under on Kareem Hunt rushing yards because I, I just sort of, for some reason, I'm with Doug on this. I feel like this is a big Nick Chubb game uh, coming this way. So Doug and Mary Kay, what do you guys think of that uh, over 200 rushing yards for the Browns? I'm, I'll buy I'm that. There. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, that I can see, especially, especially with um, – especially with Baker being off right now. I mean, why not? Why not take advantage? Now, sometimes I will say that I think they do what is counterintuitive. You expect them to go into a game like this and take advantage of a, a crappy run defense. And, and they want to, you know, maybe overthink it a little sometimes and they don't do that, but they don't need to do that in this game, especially with, you know, let, let Baker try to get some confidence back. Um, and uh, really run those two guys into the ground. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, just to know. Go ahead, Scott. Baker's going to come out and throw 10 times on the first drive. That's what's going to <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> and again, the idea of like sort of shaking Nick Chubb loose, right? That he's been solid, but maybe not that sort of spectacular game-breaking Nick Chubb that we've seen. Do you guys know where he ranks in the NFL in rushing yards right now? I haven't looked. Like, he was like fourth at one point. He's second. I'm yeah. like, oh, they got to get Nick Chubb going. He's second in the league in rushing yards. What am I talking about? Derrick <laughs> Henry is Derrick Henry is first with 510, way ahead of everybody else, and then Nick Chubb's second at 362. So, like, Nick Chubb's fine, Doug. Chill out. It's kind of surprising, though, to, to hear that because it doesn't feel like Nick Chubb is second in the NFL in rushing yards this, this season. It, it really doesn't. So yeah. I would not, I would not have guessed that I hadn't looked, but I wouldn't have guessed. I that. think, I think Kareem is top three in yards per attempt, um, but not obviously total yards, but then yeah, up there. Dalvin cook is hurt. So, you know, he's been hurt. So, right. you know, he, he's usually right up there. Obviously they have like the little thing on the simpleton stats where like basic stats that they had, like in 2004, not the advanced analytics stuff, <laughs> just they have like that uh, little stat that says LNG. It means like your longest run of the year. 
<laughs> so I, I sorted that column. Nick Chubb's longest run of the year is 26 yards. Yeah. That's tied for 27th in the league, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of dudes that have longer yards. So again, just that thing where Nick Chubb hits that cutback lane against a tired defense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and there the game breaks open. Like that's kind of the thing that we're all talking about that while he's been grinding it out, we haven't seen that as much as we're used to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, my second one was going to be Chubb and Hunt related. I think we pretty much covered that. So, Doug, do you have a second uh, a second prop bet here for us? I don't. I don't. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game, but I couldn't think of a second one. Mary Kay? I do have a second one, and that is th- that the Cleveland Browns, uh, you guys can do like true, true or false on this one for me. The Cleveland Browns are going to win the turnover battle in this football game. Hmm. The, the corners played pretty well last week, right? That, that I thought greedy Williams was very reaffirming sort of last week of like, well, you know, the rookie beat him out. Where's greedy. I mean, not that he was a lost cause by any stretch, but if you were starting to get the thing of like, well, okay, it's going to be Warden Newsom and Greedy Williams is going to be a backup here. And like, they, they need depth and whatever. And then Greedy was like, oh, oh, like Greedy, I thought rose to the occasion. And I thought Troy Hill really made some plays. And I think when you play a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who's going to make some excellent plays, guys like that sometimes in – while they're making excellent plays, they'll, they're taking a shot at something, which gives you a chance to make a play yourself if you're ready for it. So, um, and then, you know, the pass rush that's getting four man pressure that changes some stuff. So I could see, and if Baker like locks it down, right. I could see the Browns like winning the turnover margin two to one or something like that. You get a pick and you force a fumble and the Browns kind of hold onto the ball pretty well and only turn it over once. So I'll take that Mary Kay. So the, the Browns have won the turnover battle once and it was against the Vikings. They lost against the chiefs. And then it was even in the other two games, the chargers uh, have won it twice and lost it twice. And they, they had four, they lost it four nothing to the chiefs. Um, so basically they this could go they, either way. They won, yeah. they won it for, they won it for nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they won it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They won it for nothing against Chiefs. Yeah. Um, so they're two and two. Uh, man, I don't know. Can I go with Can I go with the Ellis Williams push of the week? <laughs> yes, in Ellis's honor. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to say they tie. The Browns have only taken it away three times this year, and I stand out here every day and I watch practice, and I've never seen seen a football team emphasize takeaways more than the Cleveland Browns do never. I mean, they have, they have stations and they go through these stations. It's like speed dating over there. And it's just takeaway, 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 go for the ball, go for the ball, go for the ball. It's going to start to show up in the football games. They're going to start to get some of these takeaways and the floodgates are going to start to open and Sunday could be as good as any. I don't think it's going to be a ton, but I think that they're going to find a way to, to win the turnover battle in this game. So, Scott, I was also going to do the uh, Ellis Williams mega lock push of the week on this one. I think what's interesting is neither of these teams 
have turned the ball over the last two games. The Browns' last turnover was, I think, the play that Baker got hurt on. It was that or the Donovan Peoples-Jones fumble in that game. I can't remember which came first. Uh, but that was their last turnover. And the Chargers haven't turned it over at all uh, in, in their last two games. You know what? I'm actually going to go with the Browns here. I, I think the Browns have been really good taking care of the football. I, I don't see Nick Chubb putting one on the ground or Kareem Hunt putting one on the ground. I think Baker is going to be protective of the football. You know, look, Derwin James is going to be back there hunting. But I guess I like this is one of those kind of when I close my eyes and kind of visualize this game, I could see Justin Herbert throwing a pick and the Browns maybe being a little bit safer offensively. So I think I'll go the Browns and it might just be like one nothing. Um, I, don't, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of turnovers in this game. But yeah, I, I actually do think the Browns will somehow manage to win this turnover battle. I can see a strip sack in this game by the by the Browns. I feel like like Miles is going to get there and get one out of there, or or Jadavian or Tack. I don't know. I just feel like somebody's going to get through there and get the ball out. Yeah, Herbert fumbled eight times last year. Uh, I don't know how many of those were were on sacks, but still eight times. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. That's uh, are we good here? I think we've I think we've gotten everyone who has two has uh, mm-hmm. has put their two out there. So let's get to the game itself. Uh, Chargers actually favored in this game by two points. Uh, the total on this game is 46 and a half, which has actually gone down. I think a lot of people feeling burnt by that Vikings, uh, that Vikings Browns total from Sunday when everyone, myself included, thought we were headed for a shootout. In my defense, it sounded like Kevin Stefanski felt like we were headed for a shootout too in, in that football game. That said, Browns coming off a 14 to seven win over the Vikings. Uh, the Chargers have been scoring. So what do you guys think? Chargers minus two, your total's 46 and a half. I'm, I'm taking the under there big time. I'm, say Browns 17, 13. I think running is going to be a big deal for the Browns. I think the possessions are going to be limited. Uh, Browns defense will keep up its good play of late. Um, and they pull it out. All right. So, so who do you guys think is the better team right now? Are the Browns better than the Chargers? The Chargers with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert looking like a big time franchise quarterback and Joey Bosa and Derwin James. Like, we know what the line is. We know the Browns are on the road. But we had talked about, I think this was a game that a lot of people have targeted for a long time. And I, I know in the offseason we talked about this game because we felt like it was sort of like two AFC teams on the rise, right? That um, Herbert's a little younger than Baker, but they're they're kind of similar in multiple ways. I'm looking at various power rankings that mean nothing, literally nothing, could not mean less. But, you know, it's a way to judge things. Four of the six power rankings I looked at by various people around the NFL have the Browns ranked higher. Two have the Chargers ranked higher. Browns five, Chargers seven. Browns six, Chargers nine. Browns seven, Chargers eight. Browns four, Chargers eight. Then the two for the Chargers, Chargers seven, Browns 10, Chargers eight, Browns 11. If you were doing a power ranking, who would you have higher right now? I wouldn't do a power ranking. I know. Scott's like, (laughs) I would not rank nor pick anything. 
I am here to analyze after the fact. I already made a, a score prediction on the Browns game that made me uncomfortable. So Scott Patsko was out. The, I, they're close, right? They're close. Yeah. So, so Doug, I've, I've never voted in like a college football poll, but that's essentially what power rankings are, right? You're, you're yeah. so like, what do you take into account, right? Like quality of wins, strength of schedule, uh, may, who you lost to, right? Some of that stuff. I think I would probably put the Chargers ahead of the Browns in a power rankings, but they would, I mean, they would be neck and neck. But when you kind of look at the Chargers, their only losses to Dallas, who pretty good. It looks like they're pretty good. And the Browns only losses to the Chiefs, right? A lot of people still believe they can win the AFC. So they both have kind of that, that quote unquote quality loss, but the Chargers have beaten the Chiefs. They beat the Raiders, who I think even though they didn't look great on Monday night, I think the Raiders are, are, are a good football team. So I just think the Chargers, when you kind of look at the resume, their three and one is just a little more impressive than the Browns three and one. And it's not really the Browns fault, but that, that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, I, I think it comes down to uh, in, in situations like these, I, I feel that it has to do with how something on your team matches up with something on the opponent's team. And because there is this unbelievable running game by the Cleveland Browns and this horrible run defense by the Chargers, that can supersede a lot of things. I think their quarterback is playing better than the Browns quarterback. And I think there are a lot of reasons why you could say the Chargers are the better football team right now. I think the Browns have the better defense, but I think there's a matchup within this game that is going to favor the Cleveland Browns. And that is their run game versus that run defense. And therefore, I think that I think that that's going to be the difference in the game. If the Browns play their cards right, they can just win the time of possession battle. They can control the clock. They can keep Justin Herbert off the field. Um, and they can win this game on the strength of their running game. So I that's why I, I think they're going to win. Um, gosh, the points, mm, that's tough. I mean... I would think under, but just because I think that I'm going to go over, I'm just going to go. It's going to be opposite day for me. I like it. It's the, it's the George Costanza. Mm -hmm. The the problem I'm having with this game is Doug, this is a point you've made. If the Browns beat the chargers, like, does that mean they're going 14 and three? So it's, Go ahead. Like they got to turn around and play the Cardinals. And I'm actually really, that game's not as important because it's an NFC team. and You know, the Browns won't see the Cardinals again this year. That's a really intriguing game next week against the Cardinals. That should be a fun game to watch. This one is an important game though, because both these teams should be in the playoffs. It could determine a home game at some point, but it's hard for me to pick the Browns in this game because I thought they would lose one of these two against the Vikings or the Chargers I thought I picked them to win last week. And I do think like, man, if they beat the chargers, you might have to make the case that they're going to go 14 and three. Well, so I do think when you start to be a team like this, like the Browns and I, some, they, they need to go win a great game. They need to go beat a great team. Right. Cause we spent a lot of time. I, I don't think we spent as much time on this podcast. Some people spent a lot of time talking about how the Browns schedule wasn't that tough. Right. They had the really good win at Tennessee, that kind of thing. But I do think in a year like this, I think they have to go win and will win some games like this. And then they'll have a game where it's like, I can't believe they lost that game. 
right? Just like the Packers lost to the Saints in week one. It's like, oh my God, the Packers, what's wrong? It's like, they just had a weird game and they lost to the Saints. Doesn't mean the Saints are better than the Packers. I think the Browns are going to lose a game like that this year. Like, we don't know what, we would never, we won't, we won't pick it the week it happens, but like, holy moly. And like, so that's why they won't go 14 and three. Is it, would you guys, with what the Chargers are right now, I don't know if I'm, I think if they beat the Chargers, would this be a, the be, a better win than any win they had last year or would the Tennessee win last year be better? Because it's like, depends again, like where you would have the Chargers in your power ranking. There's a lot of juice around Herbert. They're three and one. They just beat the Chiefs. They just gave the Raiders their first loss. I think you could make an argument. This would be better on the road, especially than any win last year. Maybe the Titans. And I also then, I think you can make an argument this would be their best win since week four against the Ravens in 2019, right? But also, like, this is what I think the Browns are ready to do. That if you think they're going to be great, if you think they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, it's like, well, all right, then go beat the Chargers in L.A. That's what great teams do. And then lose a goofy one later, a pass hits a guy in the helmet, whatever. So I also think they are a step further in their progression. As much as we want to compare the Browns and the Chargers, they have a first-year coach, the Browns have a second-year coach. They have a second-year quarterback, the Browns have a fourth-year quarterback, right? The Browns, I think, have established their identity. Everybody loves Brandon Staley. The Chargers have some great wins. I don't know that we know for sure the Chargers are this every week. So I'm going to pick the Browns because I think it's possible coming off a win over the Chiefs and then a Monday night win over the Raiders, that the Chargers are like, yo, man, we are ready to go. And they haven't been through it yet, right? This is like kind of new to them. They're figuring out how to be good. And they get the Ravens next week. Their schedule coming up is still crazy. They get the Ravens, they have the Eagles, and the Patriots. And like, and the Browns are the Browns. As to paraphrase a Steeler, <laughs> the Browns are the Browns. And that is now a good thing. They figured it out against the Bears when not everything was perfect. They figured it out against the Vikings when not everything was perfect. I think this is the kind of game where they go out and they play one of their best games and maybe the Chargers don't. And it's because they have a little more seasoning. And frankly, if the Browns don't go out and play a really good game, listen, you can play really well and lose. If the Browns don't play really, really well, like I'll be a little disappointed because to me, this is the seasoning. This is what, Last year helped build tour a game like this. You're both three and one go do it. So I'm going to take the Browns. I think it'll be close. I think Herbert's awesome. I think Joey Bosa is awesome. They have really good receivers. They are a very talented team, but the Browns know how to do this better. So I have the Browns 23, 20. That's an under that's a close game, but I think it's time for the Browns to show who they are. You know, another thing real super quick about this game is the fact that uh, they're not going to have, too much of a home field advantage the Chargers aren't. It's, it's going to be a Browns home game. It's going to be a Browns home game. There are going to be so many Browns fans at this game that uh, I, I really think the Browns fans are going to be louder and maybe even out in, in more full force than, than Chargers fans. So I don't think that's going to be a, a factor. It's not going to be – crowd noise isn't going to be the issue. Although that it's is gonna, true for the Chargers every week. I mean, that's what everybody says every week with the Chargers. They're playing the Cowboys. It's going to be a Dallas home game. They're playing the Packers. Mm-hmm. It's a Packers home game, right? That's just the position they're in. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that Monday night game was basically a Raiders home game. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was louder in that building on third down for the Chargers than at, at any other spot. So, right. uh, and I know that Browns fans have 
circled this one as a trip to make or those Browns fans on the West Coast and the, the Southwest, they're going to they're going to flock to L.A. Uh, for this football game. So, yeah, I think this will sound like a, a Browns home game in a lot of ways. That being said, look, I guess my whole theme today has been being a real downer about the Browns. So <laughs> no, but listen, I'm going to interrupt you. Don't beat yourself up. You picked the Browns to make the Super Bowl. I you did. You're right. You pick them to lose individual games. You do not have to pick them to go 17 and 0, Dan. Don't feel bad about it. <laughs> there you go. Doug, you made me feel better. I, I think this is going to be a high scoring game um, again. So there, there you go. Everybody out there, take the under because I'm taking the over. I think it's going to be something in the range of 27 to 25 chargers. So I guess I'm taking the Browns plus two. Uh, I'm taking the chargers to win outright and I'm going to take the over Uh at 46 and a half, which, like I said, I think that number has gone down over the course of the week. So I think a lot of people kind of hitting that under right now uh, in this game. So I'll fade the public on uh, on this one and take the over. Scott, did you make your pick? Yeah, 17-13 Browns. Okay. There we go. All right, I think we're set then. That is our, uh, our Browns-Chargers preview. Uh, the Browns travel to L.A. No special travel plans this weekend for the Browns. They're going out Saturday, uh, coming home after the game as usual. So... Uh, nothing new on that front. And then I'm telling you, this Cardinals game, this Browns Cardinals game is going to be nuts next week. So I'm excited to preview that uh, coming up next next Friday uh, when Kyler Murray and the Cardinals come to town. So for Mary Kay, Doug, and Scott, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.